the 87 draft, David Robinson, but then he had to go, uh, what he had two years because he was active duty. That's why that obligation. He became, uh, could you imagine being on enemy lines and seeing fucking David Robinson? (laughs) Oh my God. He was a ship guy. He was a naval man. I know that. I'm a ship guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's a ship guy. That's also the title of the episode. He was a ship guy. I do not sound like Kermit Frog. I don't sound like Kermit at all. It's Bill Simmons. I'm here to tell you that in LA we have a part-time copywriter role, and Nikki, we think you should apply for it, and billionaires should pay for their own fucking stadiums. That's what we think here at the ring. Hi ho, you should apply for it. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) That was my Kermit the Frog. Dude, give me voiceover work, man. I'm I'm a talent. I, I, probably not. Dude, that's pretty good. That's pretty fucking good. Oh, I know. I've worked on it a lot. The, the one I'm good at is uh, is Mr. Hanky. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's pretty. That's really good. I mean, don't forget to bring a towel. There's a. It's really like now. It's probably not a good joke, but it is. I mean, given all the stuff currently going on, admittedly, but there's an episode of Family Guy where there's a black guy and he's like rowing a boat through a swamp, and he happens upon Kermit the Frog, and he goes, uh, "Excuse me, could you tell me which way town is?" And Kermit pulls out a shotgun. And he goes, "Yeah, it's back the way you came." <laughs> I do remember that. I, remember that. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, not great now, but like. <laughs> I mean, it's fu- it's it's admittedly funny, hilarious, but racist. I, I can tell. I can tell you enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> anywho, <laughs> I'm looking. At, I'm looking at stats from something we're about to talk about today, and not really, really not that impressive. But we'll talk. All right. Well, get ready, listeners, because it's going to be not that impressive today. Welcome back, yeah. y'all. This is NBA episode 134. Can you believe we've done 134 episodes? That's not including the mini shows, which, by the way, we had one yesterday with friend of the podcast, Ricky O'Donnell. Ricky's the man. He uh, started a blog about the his, his uh, rise to fame as a college coach of the Western Illinois Leathernecks, which I got so mad at myself because I questioned myself last night when we were recording about like, could you name a Western Illinois athlete? Cause I knew one, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. So I decided not to Rodney Harrison went to Western Illinois hall of the fame. football safety? Player. The safety. The I, honestly, I, I like, I had, I to was stop trying to think of basketball players. Same. As, as was I, but then I was like, I think Rodney Harrison went there, but I'm going to keep that one to myself. I did. Not happy about it, but it's okay. We move past it. Guys, um, as we record this, Ricky is currently playing in the Sweet 16, uh, the Western Illinois Leathernecks versus the Memphis Tigers. I know. I felt bad. I told him we'd t- I'd tune in tonight, and then I, I, yeah, I, I, re- I, I, I as, as the words were out of my mouth, I can get, I was I can like, fuck. You. I can promise you that by the time we finish that it'll still be going on. Oh, um, I know. It takes about it takes about three hours. Oh, I know. It's like a real game. Oh, legit. It's longer. Like, straight actually. up. It, yeah, I think it might have been like four hours last time I watched it. But support our friend Ricky. Um, he was furloughed by really Nation. He's a phenomenal dude, yeah. an even better writer. Are you and uh, the shit that he's been working on at uh, Substack is 
phenomenal. Which, by the way, don't forget to check out our Substack, MBA.substack. I've been posting all the articles. I promise you, I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna follow up with my part one of my MBA fandom. I have just been lazy, um, but we will get there. I will do it. <laughs> I promise the rest of us will create content, but you can check out the podcast episodes there if you want. Um, yeah, and check out the mini-sode. 134 episodes, NBA episode 134. I'm your host, Jake Hiles, a.k.a. K- Why are you detaining me? Leonard. I did that last night. Wow. And it, was, it, was, it was very, I was very proud of it. I even used the audio nice. and the song. Nikki, you should, I, I'm sure you caught it. it was Why are you detaining me? You about to lose your job. You about to lose Williams your job. Oh, I was. Gonna- uh- <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah, I I was gonna say Al Farouk Amin knew about to you lose your job. Wow. All right. Well, uh, my brother from the West Coast, introduce yourself, sir. Nikki Keelas, aka Patrick Patty Melt, son. Okay. Uh, that's good. No, it's good. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, it, it, uh, well um, you understand it. It works. Um, Tittles McGee, introduce yourself, sir. Oh, what's up, Tad? <laughs> AKA Tittles McGee, AKA yeah. JJ Berea, AKA Brendan. Hey, would you blow me? <laughs> <laughs> this, this also with him with him being Tittles McGee. This now seems like a morning radio show. It's T- Tittles McGee, or no? It's the Q Bros and Tittles McGee. Tittles McGee in the morning. Oh. There's like there's like those weird like little fucking sounds. Oh. I want those so bad. It's ninety five point five. It's the Q Bros and Tittles McGee in the morning. You're there's like thinking. there's like soundboards that you can. You can download on your phone, but they're not great. And then you have to like use a mixer and then plug into it's yeah. a whole thing. And all we my need shit's to just in storage. Get a soundboard. We just need a soundboard. Yeah. It's I'm telling you, it's not as simple as you think. Ba, 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 ba. I know it's not as simple as I think. I understand. Um we'll figure but it out. In any case, um oh shit, I thought I deleted all the show notes. Whoa, I didn't. Thank goodness. Um, all right. Well, welcome back, y'all. Um, as I, I mentioned, we have a Google Doc. Like We've been doing show notes on the iPhone cloud notes for a long time. And I feel like, excuse me, Google Docs. Are you too good for notes? No, it just, I, I just feel like, you know, having a Google Doc on my second monitor may be helpful. You could pull up your iNotes on the second monitor, could you not? It won't let me log into my notes for whatever reason. I I, I, I tried to last night because I usually just do it off my phone. It's like, what the fuck? Uh, well. I don't like, I also don't like having my personal, uh, like iCloud stuff on my work laptop, which I use for this podcast because I have another laptop, but I only use that for playing video games. In fact, I don't really even use it for that. I bought it to play World of Warcraft, played World of Warcraft for two months. It was like, yeah, don't really want to do it anymore. <laughs> I like went through this nostalgia phase where I was like, oh, yeah, World of Warcraft. And I played for a while and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I was like, I kind of ate this. Spent 500 bucks on a, on a laptop. Actually, I think it was like four, but still. Nah. Hmm. No. No, we're going to continue to use that because these ideas, they come to me in my brain as I'm walking around, as I'm thinking. And obviously, yeah, uh, man, since I'm- you can download Google Docs on your phone. Yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> 
I just don't. <laughs> I just, if I'm being honest, I just don't. I'm going to start using Google Docs by myself, and I'm not going to have any of the show notes. I'm just going to derail it. going to have his own separate show notes. It's like, this is my show <laughs> now, bitch. I just took that shit over. <laughs> um, good God. Well, listeners, as you know by now, We've been doing a series and continue to do a series on every season since Michael Jordan retired. Um, This week, we will be covering the 2010-2011 season. Now, I realized as I'm saying this, I did not do the moniker and the tagline for the podcast. So, welcome to to NBA, the podcast that tries to talk about NBA shit, but mostly we just talk a lot of shit. And, And Tad's face is weird. What? He looks like the lady that says two weeks in Total Recall. Just making a just making a noise. I don't know, man. When he was making, you were making the face from the lady from Total Recall. It's like two weeks. (laughs) Two weeks. Did anyone see the? Did anyone see the Total Recall like remake? I think um, Colin Farrell was in it. Oh, I think you're right. No, I did not. I did not. Yeah, I mean, I didn't either. But also. <laughs> great, 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 uh, great segue. Ooh, you I know what, though? Real quick, the Judge Dread remake was very good. Oh, yeah, just really? regular just Dread. It was better it's than the Dread. Yeah, he never takes the helmet off. In uh, the woman, I forget what movie else. It's, what like, other it's like it's like two hours of just gratuitous violence. Yeah, uh, and like, but all actually like legit law. I'll say that. Oh, it's, 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 a, it's a good, it's a good flick. It's a good it's, flick. It's, it's like, starring Carl Urban. Uh, yeah, Carl Urban. Yeah, you guys familiar doesn't with Carl Urban? Yeah, doesn't it also have Homegirl from Ex Machina? Wasn't she in it too? No, no, the, no. The Dutch, the Danish uh, actress. No, it's. No. I gotta look her up. No, she's it's been the, in other things. It's the. Ah. It's that girl that was in. Um, oh my god! It's Olivia she's, Thurby. Thurlby. She's yeah, in, she um, was in um, Juno. She was Juno. The, she was a friend in Juno. Oh yep. yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. She's she hot. was in um. There was something else she's in too that I no I really attached. Oh the yes. darkest. She's in the darkest hour. Yeah, the wackness. Oh yeah, she did do the the wackness. Actually, didn't suck. I thought it was gonna be terrible, but it's actually decent. Hmm. Nice. Um, so anyways, as I was saying, this week we'll be covering the 2010-2011 season. A very fun season. Um, Nicholas, take us there. Okay. <clears throat> July 8th, 2010. It was a quarter after nine, and for the most for the most part, the show felt like a waste of time. But in that moment, every NBA fan felt like Lady Antebellum. As they stared at their screens and thought, LeBron, I need you now. (laughs) By 9.30 Eastern, LeBron James helped raise a total of $6 million for various charities, including the Boys and Girls Club of America. But at 9.28 Eastern time, he announced he was taking his talents to South Beach, so fuck him. (laughs) <laughs> we finally reached the first season of LeBron being the NBA's villain. As a consolation prize for not courting LeBron, the Knicks signed for Amari, uh, Amari Stoudemire, and the Bulls traded for Carlos Boozer. It was a sign-in trade. I uh, also hired Tom Thibodeau this year. <clears throat> July 9th, 2010, Dwayne Wade signs with the Miami Heat, despite the fact that there was rumors he was going to sign with the Bulls. Did not happen. 
And on July 10th, LeBron James was officially a member of the Heat after a sign-in trade. Uh, and the exact same day, the Heat had a sign-in trade for Chris Bosh. <clears throat> uh, May 21st, or March 21st, 2020. We here at NBA began our journey of detailing past seasons. Starting with Jordan's last dance in 98 to the currently coronavirus cut short season of 2020. Since then, we have released not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but 12 episodes. And on episode 13, which is the amount of championship trophies LeBron James guaranteed he and Michael Jordan would have combined after his Miami tenure, we begin our discussion on the first season of the Heatles and their quest for the first guaranteed trophy. But first, the draft. 2010 NBA draft is unique in that it is the first of, or it is one of five drafts that did not produce a rookie of the year. It did, however, produce four all stars. The first five picks were John Wall, one of those all stars, Evan Turner, aka Jake Hillis. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I knew you were <laughs> uh, uh. Derek Favors, Wesley Johnson, Demarcus Cousin, another all star. The other notables would be Greg Monroe at seven. Al Farouk Aminu at 8, Gordon Hayward, All-Star at 9, Paul George, All-Star at 10, Patrick Patterson at 14, Eric Bledsoe at 18, Avery Bradley at 19, Hassan Whiteside, 33rd, Neiman Bielitsa at 35th, and Lance Stevenson at 40th. And the most win shares are Paul George with 69.1, Derek Favors, 53.3, and Gordon Hayward, 52.9. Wow. Yeah. The first, I think uh, John Wall's lost a lot since he hasn't played uh, a whole season and a half. The well, first those, thing, those Utah teams that Derek Favors played on were really good, so that definitely yes. helped him. Yeah, the first thing I wanted us to talk about was the fact that this year Blake Griffin, after having a year off and being drafted the year before, wins the draft. And like I said... You mean the rookie? He wins the rookie. Or he won of the year. rookie of the year. Right? <laughs> I mean, he won the draft. He beat By definition. If you're the rookie of the year, you win that year's draft. That's, that's fair. How it works. That's that's a fair <laughs> point. It's fair. I'll give it to you. So it has happened five times total. This is the first time since what we have been covering. Uh, it happens. The first time ever was. Jerry Lucas. He was drafted in '62. Oh, by the way, this is all information that I received. From Reddit, r slash NBA, the user Sippum Bears. So I want to make sure credit is given where it's due. He did all the research. Thank you. Jerry Lucas was in the 62 draft. He was the 63-64 rookie of the year. The reason was because um, he was a territorial pick by the Cincinnati Royals in 1962. Oh, I just bought Uh, a Cincinnati Royals t-shirt. It's in my drawer. Nice. I like that. Uh, Seriously. I believe it. Uh, he was uh, reluctant to play professional basketball as well as contract issues with George Steinbrenner's ABL uh, failed ABL team. Uh, he missed the entire 62-63 season. Came in the next season, one rookie of the year. In the 78 draft, Larry Bird was drafted, uh, but he was drafted six overall his junior season. But he s- decided to go back his senior year. That was the year that he would beat Magic Johnson and uh, Michigan State. Uh, and then he would come back because he had already signed with Boston, played the 79-80 rookie season, became rookie of the year. And the 87 draft, David Robinson, but then he had to go, uh, what, he had two years because he was active duty. That's why. Yeah. That obligation. He became uh, – Could you imagine being on enemy lines and seeing fucking David Robinson 
<laughs> oh my he god. Was a, he was a ship guy. He was I a naval know that. man. I know that. A I'm ship, talking a about ship guy. a ship guy. <laughs> As I was going to go. <laughs> he was a ship guy. That's also the title of the episode. He was a ship guy. He was a ship guy. <laughs> he was a ship oh guy. god. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so David Robinson, um, yeah, so he had to do two years of active duty, so then he didn't come back until the 8990 season. Won that one. Blake Griffin because he got hurt, and then also Ben Simmons because he got hurt. Wow. Look at For that. whatever reason, I thought that John Wall also did the same, but I, I was incorrect. I just looked that up. So now nah, he got fucked over because John Wall actually had. I will have to pull up his numbers. I don't actually have his numbers. He was all maybe, rookie first like, team. He had a good. Yeah, good I mean, team. Was, I've always been a fan of John Wall. Like I, I should say, not always. When he came into the league, he was getting a lot of Derrick Rose comps, and that was like at, this was peak Derrick Rose year, and I just wasn't here for it. I didn't like it mm-hmm. at all. Although I did the dance, the dance like the fucking John. That was my John shit, bro. Wall. The dance John was Wall. The, oh. <laughs> I used to get it. For the listeners who are unfamiliar, John Walsh from North Carolina, and there was a North Carolina rapper whose name is escaping me because I don't think he made any other song. Um, but he did a song called Do the John Wall, and it was it was a banger. It really was. It really, I, I, I loved it. I very much enjoyed it. Troop 41. Troop 41? Yeah. Troop 41, yeah. Fuck if I know. That sounds right. Troop 41. I mean, John Wall is one of those guys who's just like, like unfortunately was well because wasn't wasn't the dance move originally called the flex but he would always dance at kentucky and then he did it and they were like yeah. Right. yeah so they just decided to kill it anyway um okay i have a question hypothetically speaking if if you get drafted number one overall technically that means you won the draft right like you I won because you you I got yes by definition, right? Unless you oh, win yeah. rookie of the year, that, I think I think you have to win rookie of the year. I think you have to win rookie of the year to win the draft. How do you win the draft? It's the question of it, of all time. I think that's the answer. Yeah, because you are John the best Wall's person that year. Don't impress me that much. What does he got? I I don't have them up. Like career wise or rookie season? Well, his rookie year was pretty good for a rookie. I mean, he shot forty one percent, but he averaged sixteen, 16 and, eight. and sixteen and sixteen and eight, five rebounds. Solid, one point eight steals has always been a good defender. Let me like, say this: I shouldn't say it's not that they don't impress me. They're not as good as I, 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 I think that I, I had put in my mind. I don't. I think people just assume that he's a way like higher volume scorer than he actually is. Yes, because he's actually more of a passer. He really like, is. He's had really mm-hmm. high assist numbers for most of his. To be career. fair, we've barely watched him play it for two right. years. Also, that. Like he didn't three play years, at all this really. season. Three years, yeah. really. He played half a season the year before. So I think that yeah. might be a little bit because honestly, frankly, like the last year that he played fully healthy, he scored twenty three a game and, and dished out eleven dimes. I have hated on John Wall a lot on this podcast. <clears throat> that's that's very that. good. Yeah. But John Wall's solid. He could be better. And he yeah, no. I also feel like it's yeah. injuries for him. Well, injuries have hit him the last two seasons. It took him a while. He actually like he was very inefficient early on in his career, and it took him a while to hit that like that 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 peak level. Like I think if you look at his career, like peak level John Wall is probably like the season that they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like maybe maybe even the season before that, but like him, I I, I think his first All Star season. I'm just pulling his numbers back up here because I just exited out of them. But like his first All Star season wasn't until he was 23. That's his fourth season in the league. 
Um, that was the, the I, only. That's the only season he's played the full season. Now a couple yeah. of those like, he played 79, 77, yeah, 79, 78, and yeah. those could have been like, oh, we're sending you to rest you. Like it could, right. you know, we, we exactly. don't. But, but having exactly. said that, he averaged nineteen points, nine dimes, and uh, he he's he's not terribly efficient. No, but he really not, isn't. He's a bad three point shooter. <laughs> Wait, you, Jay, you really, what's what's his percentage for his career? He's a thirty two percent three point shooter. At a forty-three percent shooter from the floor. However, it, oh shit! In does it, would anybody like to guess what his three-point percentage was for the two thousand eleven season? Yeah, was it by chance point zero seven one percent? It was point zero seven one percent. Yeah, I, I know that because I've been looking at his numbers literally this entire time, and I was going <laughs> yeah. to bring that up. He played it, and at first I was like, "Well, maybe he didn't play." A- he played sixty-six games. He shot- played sixty-six games, thirty-seven Ooh. minutes a game. Wait, 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 thirty-six. He shot seven point one percent. He to be okay. to, to quantify that he shot seven point one percent. So sorry, point zero seven one percent. He shot seven point one. That hat that has to be a misprint. There's no way. What do you think? Well, he said? He are you on? Are you on? Are you on Wikipedia or are you on Basketball Reference? I'm on Basketball Reference. I'm on Wikipedia, and Wikipedia says the same thing. <laughs> oh. oh man i like now i want to pull up nikki go to nba.com go to nba.com that is the truth what? that has to be a misprint. that has oh, to be a misprint. yo lauren and have her get on espn <laughs> <laughs> lauren check out uh espn and uh and then uh, we'll go to uh we'll go to uh somebody go to 538 somebody go to 538 now um seven there's no way that's right uh, hold on, I'm getting a John Wall. Give me a second. Come on. 32% for his career. Honestly, the fact that he's th- shooting 32% for his career after what, a season where he shot 7%, kudos to him. <laughs> that would that would bring that old that would bring the old uh shooting. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. Bad. That's his second season in the league. That's next year. He shoots 7% in the oh, <laughs> my three. God. But it's oh, wild because he's barely shooting it. any threes, though. It says he sh- shoots like averages 0.6 threes a game that year yeah i guess he's i guess that he isn't makes shooting it a lot. worse yeah he's really not shooting season, a lot this season he's shooting pretty much 30 percent from the field this rookie year 2010 2011 he's shooting yeah. pretty much 30 percent from the field on uh like two shots and the most recent season he played he was shooting 30 percent from the field on five shots yeah, so that's like bad. that's bad i mean he's not he's not shooting a high volume so the fact that it's that low is bad like he's yeah, a bad yeah. shooter yeah, he was 37% on four shots in 2017-2018. Uh, that is shocking to me. My goodness. He's not – yeah, I'm looking at this. He's not very accurate. What's his free throw percentage? His best free throw percentage season was his fourth season in the league, and he shot 80.5. Jesus. He is really an inefficient player. He, he really, really is. is. He, he really, really is. should be a lot better. Good at passing and good at getting steals, though. Yeah, and he's not like if you if you redraft this, he's like he's probably still top five, but he's definitely not number one. Like it's probably PG and then Demarcus Cousins and then probably him, I guess. And then Gordon Hayward, I guess. Oh, I, actually, I'd probably put Gordon Hayward ahead of. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, we're talking about this, realizing that he's a little bit more uh, of a disappointment than we thought. Do you guys want to talk about the next one, or like the most disappointing person from the draft? Well, hold on, I, want, I do want to. I do want to talk about this Blake Griffin season because his rookie season was, I mean. Made the all-star team, yeah. Really started and averaged like 22 and 12 with four assists. I mean, he was incredible, shooting 50% from the field. Um, like we said last week, like Blake Griffin, 
Is he a Hall of Famer? I don't think he is. No. Fuck, man. No. Too, same thing like the too many injuries, I feel like. I mean, he has too many seasons that are stopped short. Five-time All-NBA, all though. NBA. You know five what? Five-time All-NBA. Actually, I bet he gets in. He's a, he's a, he's a player of the year in college yeah. basketball. He's college a five-time All-NBA. That's a good point. And he won the dunk contest. Yeah, that's that for whatever reason, that's going to help. And you know what? He's already at like – he's just under 14,000 points for his career. I don't know how many more seasons he plays, though. Probably those, two. Those knees, those, I don't even know if he. I think next year might be his last season. Yeah, I was like really, really. I mean, because his knees are not like he played eighteen games this year after the knee injury he had the year before, where he was also an All NBA player. Yes, he was an All NBA player the last season. I mean, he's had a ten year career. It's a pretty yeah. solid career. Now, granted, he played thirty five. One season he played thirty five games. One season he played thirty three. Another twenty five, and then another eighteen. So, I mean, like those. Hurt. That's tough. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing, man. Blake Griffin is really funny, very talented. He's Love got him. a good. He's got a career after basketball. Can't can't wait to can't wait to work with him. I hope I get to. I think that'd be amazing. <laughs> I don't care what I do. I can One just day, stand dude. next to One him, day, dude. Just for the height gag. Blake Griffin. Weirdly enough, why is why Blake Griffin has gotten less efficient as his career has gone on? Well, he's, he's shooting, shooting more threes, threes now. now. Oh, look at this thinking. Yeah, I, I understand that, but like, I mean, because I mean, like at the beginning of his career, look, I mean, just think about this season. That's how many true. at the beginning how, of his career, all he did was dunk, dunk. That's, it. Exactly. that's all he did. Like, Alley-oops and dunks. Of, what percentage of his uh, like scoring load this year that he wins rookie of the year is dunks? I'd say probably like seventy two percent. Was it his rookie year that he that he did he he nutsacked Mozgov? I was just about to ask that. I don't know that it was. I can't remember. Let me just Google. I am Griffin. Right <laughs> yeah, nutsex Mozgov. I mean, dude's got a 52% effective field goal percentage for his career. Like, Yeah, but terrible. I mean, it's a little skewed from... Uh... All right, this, well, this, video, this video has the date. It was November 21st, 2010. Yes. November 20th, oh, 2010. So that. I think that's early in the season in the rookie of the year right there. <laughs> yeah, they were like, it's over. It'd be hard I mean, not to. I mean, the numbers that's, alone, that's obviously, that was like they locked it up. Yeah, yeah, that was his highlight play. Like now that season, he had so many highlight plays. Like I remember the one where he like was like chasing down a ball and like did a spin and then dunked. Like he dunked on Pau Gasol a bunch of times. So, my favorite on one was when he Perkin. was when he when he hit his face on the side of the backboard and still dunked. Oh it. yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. He was so, he's man, like peak peak athleticism. Blake Griffin was one of the most fun players in the NBA in recent memory. He was like. He was the reincarnation of Amari Stoudemire, but more athletic. He was a reincarnation of Sean Kemp. Ooh, good, yeah, good call. Good call. I have always thought like, that. Really was like just and could like handle the ball pretty well for a big man. Like, and didn't Sean like, Kemp only play like ten years? Uh yeah, but it was bad towards the end. Like really bad. after he left Cleveland, it was like really really dark. Yeah. Like, I mean, dark, it was dark. it was pretty bad after he left. Uh... After Seattle, like he Seattle. had like maybe I think he had like two good seasons in Cleveland. Then it was just like he gained weight and it was bad. Blake Griffin just couldn't stay healthy. A lot of legal yeah. problems, you know that too. Drug yeah. problems, all that shit. Portland didn't help. Yeah, no. I mean, you know what though? He played about ten seasons. His last, his last, uh, 
Yeah, he had he had one he had one last hurrah in Cleveland, and then after that, he was the drop off was huge. Um, Massive. Yeah. So I yeah, mean, he, he, he played Camp- he played three more seasons, but they yeah. weren't good. You can't even really call them playing. Yeah, like he was a fat fat guy in Orlando, fat guy in Portland. <laughs> Dude, you know how uh, sick it would be. Like I I I'd get fat for an NBA roster spot. Hell yeah! And dude, I just lost a ton of weight. <laughs> I would do it. No, Blake Griffin was so fun. Like, and peak Blake Griffin was just like incredible. But N- Nikki brought this up. So this draft is interesting. And then I uh, yesterday we talked, or a couple days ago we talked about this. So who is one guy in this draft that each of you felt very strongly about that you were way off about? Nikki, why don't you go first? I think you might have draft back up. Yeah, uh, I got to pull up his numbers, but the person I was going to say is, um, <clears throat> and this was for many seasons, I have to attribute this, uh, and that's Patrick Patterson. Ooh. Um, Yeah, every time, almost every, for seasons, years and years and years, I was like, he's going to be like the perfect stretch four for a championship team. Because in all of like the summer league games, all of like the preseason games and for a lot of the beginning you're like oh he's gonna this is gonna go well and then as time went on it just you're just like god damn it patrick come on be a little bit better better well i don't i don't know that i don't know that he got drafted to be like us like i think he's been exactly what you expected him to be like he no, no, I has know, had I'm a saying, very I'm long not, career i'm not at all saying he's had a bad career he's had a very good career but yeah. like his what third season in the NBA, he was averaging 10.4 points per game and five rebounds. And I was just like, yeah, the next season he's going to jump up to 18 and like 18 and eight. That's what I thought he'd be able to do, but he's never, never become that kind of player. I don't disagree with I, you. I actually I thought, thought Patrick Patterson would be elite. able to score more because he's got a nice touch. He's always good from the corner. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like when you pick somebody at fourteen, like you're picking that guy to be a role player, and that's exactly what he's been. And he's a really good. He's been but you're really good you're, you're 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 going against the point of this, and that Nikki that's is fair. not saying that's that he fair. didn't think he'd yeah. be a good role player. He just thought he that's would be fair. better than that. You're right. Because right. literally, his best season is that third season, and in the better portion is when he was with Houston for forty-seven games. He was averaging eleven point six points per game, but then he got changed to Sacramento and just started was uh down to eight you're right you're right like, and I, yeah I, i'm taking this too literally you're absolutely right yeah because um, I mean, he literally never starts scoring more than that ever i think i always felt like he could have been like a trevor ariza type you know trevor Ariza is like a, a very good you know power forward who who can stretch the floor not that great at d but still i always felt patrick patterson could be something similar to that yeah I think like I think that's the big thing. Like Trevor Ariza can play it on defensive end. Like I don't know that Patrick Patterson ever figured it out on defense. He's I not nearly Patrick Patterson not nearly as athletic. Like like uh, Trevor Ariza is just long and like yeah. he's too so big, athletic. right? And can guard multiple positions. Like Patrick Patterson's very like he's bulky and he's, and very yeah. like one sided in the way that he plays. Like he's mm-hmm. exclusively a stretch. I mean, he's a fine shit. player. No, oh, dude. I mean, thirty seven percent from three for his career. Like yeah. solid numbers. No, solid, he's not solid. bad at all. And I'm saying I and I've I do respect a lot of his play, but like I remember when he got picked up by the Thunder, and I was just like, "Oh, this is finally going to be that year when he he's really going to like shine on the th- and it never happened. He ended up averaging 3.9 points per game. Yeah. It's not a shine. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a. Uh, I'm it's looking a, at his, and it's a drop off from the previous year that was at six point eight. I'm looking at his uh, his per game numbers for his career. Oh no, they're for the 2019-2020 season. Yeah. He is a he is a certifiable negative uh, on defense, like on, yeah. across the board on all on all fronts. Very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good pick. I like Patrick Patterson. Uh, Tad, who you got? So I'm just kind of looking through this draft and there's like so many just random guys that like played like a little bit like Derek character had got some burn. He was the 58th pick Luke Heron. got some tick in the league. He was at 52. Out of another Holy game. shit. I love uh, Luke Heron. I like that. I like the Deshaun Butler and Devin Ebanks from West Virginia, that team that would have won the national title that year. I guarantee it had Deshaun Butler not got not torn his ACL. Deshaun Butler was a player I really loved in college. And I think he would have been a pretty good NBA player and said he never played a minute in league. Um, but him and Devin Ebanks going back to back, like I thought they were like, you know, like uh, those are players that I really liked in college. Um, sorry. I'm like rambling now. I'm just like kind of looking through these guys, but there's three guys that went in the back half of the first round that I thought would be much better. And then I'll talk about the one guy that I actually thought was going to be way better. But um, number one, James Anderson out of Oklahoma state was a certified stud in college. He went 20th in this draft. I, really thought that was a guy who was going to carve out like a long career for himself in the league. He wasn't, he, he wasn't great at creating his own shot and he wasn't like, uh, but he, he wasn't like a guy that you're expecting. This guy's going to score 20 points a night, but this is a guy that gets you eight points, three boards, maybe an assist plays good, you know, plays solid defense, just like a solid, solid role player for a long time that never panned out. I thought Dominique Jones from USF at 25, who led the nation in scoring that year as a, I mean, granted he was at a, a mid-major at USF, or I said UCF, USF. Um, but like that guy could just do it all. And it was so fun to watch him play when he was playing in college. I really thought that like that was going to translate to the league and he would be like a, like a Lou Williams or like a Jamal Crawford type player. And that just never panned out. And then the one guy, you know, then Jordan Crawford from Xavier at 27. Yeah. Dunked on LeBron. I really like Jordan. I remember loving Jordan Crawford. And there Jordan were times was great in college. There were times uh, during his career, the the early years, it was like, man, if this guy can put it together, he's gonna be unbelievable. He had yeah. all the tools. Head he was a walking bucket too. He was. Yeah, he was just a walking bucket. It's just um, the, the head. I mean, he scored forty one. He scored he's a forty. He scored forty points in a game in the league. Like yeah. he just, he just couldn't like, I mean, there was, it just was the, the mental aspect, you know, it just yeah, wasn't and He there. had like, he had like dropped out of the league for a couple of years and then like came back with Washington and like had a couple since here and there, but like, yeah, he was, he clearly was a bit of a head case. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about those guys just cause like, I mean, I, I remember, uh, you know, just, I, don't, dude, I forgot about James Anderson, but like, he was one of those guys who were like, Oh shit, he's going to San Antonio. Yeah. That's a good fit. And it he really was, was for like three seasons. <laughs> he was like I remember him in San Antonio the most. First player. And then he just he had one good season in Philadelphia. Uh like I think San Antonio traded him to Houston or they declined his option or something. He spent like he played he was in Houston for like a cup of coffee. He had one good season in Philly, and then he was pretty much out of the league. And like I really, really thought that he would be like uh like, frankly, I just thought he'd be a much better player. He was really good at Oklahoma State. And, yes, you make the great point. Yeah. He went to 
the Spurs, which by all accounts should have been a great fit. But I digress. We're not here to talk about the James Andersons of the leagues. I want to talk about a guy named Derek Favors, who I thought was legitimately going to be the best player in this draft class. And I thought it wouldn't even be particularly close. I thought Derek Favors was going to be, uh, weirdly enough, they played the same school. I thought he was going to be, um, oh my gosh, Chris Bosh, reincarnated. I thought it was going to be Toronto Raptors, Chris Bosh. I never again. thought he was that athletic. I mean, I granted, like two Georgia Tech guys, yada, yeah, yada, yada. I, think I never thought he was that athletic, though. But Derek Favors seems a little too – he's he the same so, thing like Patrick Patterson, where it's just so a little big, too wide. And he had, the, he had the post moves, and he was, like, not afraid really to bang did. down low and, and those kinds of things. And he was – like, coming out of college, he was actually a really good defender, too. Yes, that's the thing. And Like, I thought he was going to be really, really good. And, like, frankly, he's been a great pro. Don't get me wrong. The guy has right. had a, a great career. I'm not here to argue yes. that. I'm just saying, I thought, like, Derek Favors' best season, he averaged, like, 15 points a game. I legitimately yeah. thought that Derek Favors' best seasons would be, like, 25 and 12. Like, I really thought, I didn't think he was going to be, like, a flashy player. I don't think I, you know, I never anticipated him learning how to shoot a jump shot. But, like, people forget that early on in Chris Bosh's career, for the first, like, five years, he, I mean, and honestly, frankly, longer, like, five, six, seven years, he was a banger. Like he'd mix yeah. it up underneath, yeah. like he'd score underneath, like he, you know, he played ten- he almost his entire Toronto tenure. Yeah, yeah, he had his a nice best team average twenty four and twelve. I mean, and that's yeah. legitimately what I thought Derek Favors was going to be, and then he just kind of wasn't, you know. He, um, he also got fucked up. Like he was a lot of people don't remember. Like he was the anchor that made that Deron Williams trade to New Jersey. Like mm-hmm. that happens this season, and this is like halfway through his rookie season. He goes from the team that he got drafted by in New Jersey. Or Brooklyn at this time. I think it was still New Jersey at this time. And then fucking get shipped off to Utah um, for what what made a, a really fun team for the next couple of years. But we'll we'll get there later, I guess. Yeah, and so and he's and he's been he's had a fine career in in Utah. Like nobody's going to take that away from him. the guy's average twelve points and seven boards a game for his career. Like if you look at his career numbers and he shoots over fifty percent, he's he's efficient. He's also never been like the number one option on any of his teams. He's always been kind of a second, generally third option, um, which is fine. I just I don't know. I just expected really big things out of him. I was huge, very high on him coming out of high school when he went to Georgia Tech. I was convinced Georgia Tech had gotten the best player in the country. Um, so you know maybe um you know maybe I, I was like just real hopeful for him because he didn't kind of fully put it together at, at Georgia Tech. But you also, you know, some of those guys, like they get dra- like they play in college, they're like a highly rated recruit, and they like don't put up these like monster numbers in college, but you're like, this guy is more suited for the NBA's game. And then they go to the NBA yeah. and, they're, and they're unbelievably good because like college, like the systems and that sort of stuff are different. They don't really let like, sometimes they just don't let individual players flourish the way they should. I just thought Derek Favors was going to be really good. And unfortunately he wasn't. A guy that I was very low on was Gordon Hayward. So yeah, yeah, I think I a lot of people were. I think I a lot of people were. This goofy ass bowl cut, moppy ass hair. <laughs> uh, his wife is super hot. Um, in any case, um, I so that. I have. Good. Let's just you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a quick, a quick anecdote, uh, if you will. Sure, a quick anecdote. Yeah, thank you for thank you for sharing your feelings about uh, about those players. No, I'm I saying you're guys. you're chiming in on Gordon Hayward's. Wife was a quick anecdote, oh. is what I was saying. <laughs> just, just, just a drop in the bucket uh, to, to, you know, That's fill in the conversation. Can we have a quick sidebar? Yeah, Gordon Hayward's wife is really hot. Is that it? Super. Yeah, that's it. Sidebar's over. Great. That's it. That's, that's that's it. Right. I've got yeah. literally nothing else. Um, so I had two guys in this draft that I was very high on. Um, one, I think, 
Tata in particular is going to laugh. Uh, <laughs> I was so high on Craig Brackens coming in this draft. <laughs> so, so, so incredibly high. Um, then even Jay, his name says he's not going to be good. He doesn't even have a name that says he's going to be good. Listen, coming out of Iowa state as a sophomore, frankly, he should have come, come out his freshman year, but he, he ended up going back his sophomore season, six ten power forward who shot 41% from three, like, and had nobody around him and could just get a bucket. I, I mean, he had like Channing Fry comps. So like, that was kind of like who they thought he was going to be. I was so high on him coming out of college and I was so wrong. He How now plays. Play? Fun fact, Nikki, are you ready for this? Go for Craig, it. Craig. This is why, this is why I have an NBA podcast and I never worked for an NBA team. Cause I'm an absolute fucking idiot. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, Craig Brackens played two seasons in the NBA. Yeah. A total of 17 games. He played. Oh my God. He played 17 minutes total. And, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, did he play a minute for 17 different games and that was it? Nope. Nope. I'm sorry. He played, I'm sorry. He played 121 minutes. That's, that's oh, okay. 17 minutes per game. Uh, he played 121 minutes total, 17 games total, um, and scored 30 points. In his NBA career. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What was his three-point percentage, though? Great question. Great question. 21. 21%. 21. 21. 0% wow. for his first season. Couldn't also correct. Played five games. Went to five threes. I, I Could not say translate to the NBA. I want to say something. I preemptively pulled up Greg Bracken's Wikipedia page because I knew you were going to do this. I fucking knew it. <laughs> I'm telling you. So I was I was in college. His freshman year, I think I might have been a ju- – I think it was a junior, maybe a sophomore. Junior. I was a junior. Um, and I, I was going to school in Iowa, and we had played them earlier that season. And then I remember the game where he, like, came on my radar, which really is kind of the game – that he came on every NBA scouts radar was when they beat number one, Kansas and he dropped 42. I watched that whole game Same. on the big 12 now. And it was like, I'm watching this, this game and I'm like, this is so I so did I. And I was like, this is the most incredible basketball player I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe what I'm watching right now. This is fantastic. I was so wrong. I was so, yeah. so wrong. Um, you know, I've always, over the years I've noticed Jim makes a lot of very good, uh, like, uh, predictions about draftees, but every once in a while, Jim makes one of them like, <laughs> And it's like you're just like what? Where did you I, even? Think I have that a couple. I have a idea. couple over my history. The other guy that I was so high on that I was so wrong about, not in this draft, just like over the last couple drafts that we talked about. I think this is actually 03, Now that I think about it, hometown guy. I was a big fan of his because I watched him play in high school. Then I watched him play at Kansas. Julian Wright. I was so high, so high, so on high Wright. on Julian Wright. I cannot agree with you more. I was like, <laughs> su- super, super high on Julian Wright. And he goes 13th, and I'm like, this is it. Sh- fucking homo floss, bro. Let's go. I like I saw him play when homo I was a freshman floor. in high school. I, I was a freshman that. in high school, and I watched him play. And I'm like, this is incredible. It wasn't 2003 that I just said that. He, uh, he was, I was, he 2003 was, in high was, I was in high school. Yeah, Drew Gooden was like 2002, man. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm wrong. But yeah, like I was so high on Julian Wright. So that's my number one guy is Julian Wright went to in the same draft as Kevin Durant. That's what it was. Thank you. Uh, okay. Um, so yeah, just a couple seasons prior to this one. Uh, hold on, I want to say something too, though, real quick. <laughs> Julian Wright, he had a fine career. Did he? Did he, he played four seasons. 
He averaged four points a game. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh Julian. It's so I, mean, sad. I know why. I thought he was going to be so good. I, I thought he was going to be incredible. I genuinely thought that. that none of, um, Mario Chalmers. <laughs> Had the best career out of that between him, Brandon Rush, and Julian Wright. Mario Chalmers had the best career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Sharon Collins fucked up too. That fucking idiot. Um, well, Sharon Collins got a look in the league. He played for the the Bobcats for a couple minutes, Mm-mm. like a minute and a half. So here's what happened with Sharon Collins. He got a he got an offer from Michael himself to come work out for the Bobcats, and he missed his flight and never played a game in the NBA. Well. Wow, I'm gonna check you. Check it. I have friends who are friends of his. Yeah, who he played. He played 20 games for Charlotte in the season we're talking about right now, and he averaged 0.9 points per game and shot 28 percent from the floor. Oh, sure. To be fair, to be fair, I'm gonna give him the BOTD. That's a benefit of the doubt for those of you listening at home. Yeah, we got that. Thank you for explaining. Now, hey, letting people know. He only played 3.3 minutes a game, so like he was probably getting in there like, boy, I'm gunning. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He probably wasn't doing it. That statistically proves his ass was running and gunning the moment he stepped on the court. I respect it. He was like, give me that ball. He came out and he's like, boy, give me that rock because all I'm doing is shooting. I was <laughs> I was a I was a big fan of Sharon Collins because he also he graduated the year before me and I used to watch him and Derek Rose go at it all the time. But he also played Nick, I don't know if you know this, but he played baseball at Hamlin Park with Zach and was like oh. a really good baseball player. Like Whoa. really, really good baseball player. But when he went to high school, decided to stop playing, but like was a really, really good ba- baseball player, a pitcher. And he also played high school in football and was like all state in high school. Like he was, I mean, professional caliber athlete, like across the board. Yeah. Anyways, the other guy is my twin. I was yeah, so high on Evan Turner going into this draft. National yeah, player of the year. Another guy who's, you know, he graduated the same year as me. I used to watch him at St. Joe's. I watched him a lot at Ohio State. And, like, he just had all these different tools. Like, he was a really good playmaker. And, like, he was shooting well in college. And, like, there was all these different things that he had in his arsenal. He was also, like, this, like, six seven point guard who could stretch the floor, like, a lot of the draft comps from like Draft Express and some of these other places, like Brandon Roy 2.0. Like this was like a Brandon Roy style player, same height, same style of play. And just, man, he had some decent seasons in in Philly, but like never put it together. I think arguably like his best stretch of basketball was probably when he went to Boston. And that was pretty much it. Like it's been, it's been rough all, all across the board. I saw him play Iowa four times. One game he scored six points. One game he scored four points. One game he scored 22 points. And the other game he scored 17. I don't know those stats off the top of my head, just to be clear. I did have to pull those up. I just wanted to I just wanted to paint the picture because I know that his freshman season at Ohio State he did not do shit against Iowa. Um, in his first two in his first two games against them. That said, he he did obviously have two much better games his sophomore season, which is the year that he left and went to the draft. I never once watching Evan Turner play basketball at Ohio State thought this guy is going to be really good in the league, and he's been a fine player, which I feel yeah. like we just said about a lot of the guys in this draft class tonight. But I yeah, never this is, this once is just a fine draft class. 
<laughs> just a bunch of fine strapping young men they are yeah so <laughs> what i think if you redraft this he probably is still a lottery pick but like definitely like late lottery no and he's a good i mean he's been a, been a been a uh, a good player oh um, yeah for sure but like i just yeah. i never i i and a I, hilarious like, a hilarious follow on instagram by the way really hilarious he's so <laughs> fucking funny well interesting hold please you know i'm gonna go follow him i know right yeah he's just like a he's just like a silly little bitch you know and he's just funny he's just a funny guy i hate don't um, ever don't do that ever again i hated bitch. that what silly little bit just please don't please don't do that i just i didn't yours, like that i yours, just yours was better than mine this is this is like self-hating what i'm hearing this is you hate that you do it so well um <laughs> all right so let's move on from the draft and I think I'm going to change order here just a little bit. Um, Nikki had alluded to this during. What's the, the fucking point of doing the rundown if you're just going to change it on me mid show? <laughs> You'll be fine. We're I will, but everything. I'm upset. <laughs> Nikki, write that down. <laughs> Writing that down. Put it, put it in the show notes. Tad's um, upset. Tad, Tad, no likey. Uh, so, Tad no likey. as Nikki had mentioned in the intro to this season, this was the summer that was like the biggest free agency haul of all time that led to the decision. Now, I want to start with talking about that summer and everything that went on because it was a really crazy summer. Because as Nikki mentioned, there were rumors galore as to where these guys were going. Chicago had freed up cap space. The Knicks had freed up cap space. The Lakers were in play. The Heat were in play. There's all these different teams in play. And I remember very vividly, I was working at East Bank, uh, East Bank Club that summer. And Dwayne Wade's uh, daughter, who back then was his son, Zion, uh, Zaya was actually in the camp at age five at that point in time. Um, and I actually took care of him and met Dwayne Wade during that summer. And like, it took everything in me not to ask him, like, what are you going to do, man? Are you coming <laughs> here? Are you coming? You're going to bring LeBron with you? Like, I just, I, I didn't want to get fired. So it wasn't, it wasn't worth it. It would have been worth it. Now that I think about it. No. Um, but in any case, what do you guys remember about that summer? Can I just ask a quick question? Does Please. Dwayne Wade have a transgender child? Yeah. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, she, yeah, she transitioned um, a couple months ago. This, yeah, just, I think this past year. Yeah, a couple months ago. So she now oh, goes by Zaya. The last year. I did not know no, that. that. I knew he had two boys, but I, okay. So, yeah. And a, and mean, a daughter. I mean, he I, had the, the new daughter with Gabrielle Union. Right, right, yeah, right. Not, not, that's two daughters and a son. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, she well, she transitioned right, a couple months ago. Every day. I I honestly annoyed well, he was Yeah, he was on the uh, Up and Smoke podcast and he like talked about it like maybe days after she had made her announcement to the world that she was transitioning. Well, yeah. not so much that she's not transitioning, but she identifies as a as a as a, as a female um biologic or yeah, but but yeah, in any case. Okay. Um All right. Well, but yeah, what do you guys remember about that summer? Cuz that was like like that was like peak NBA Twitter from what I remember. Oh, oh! It, it was fucking rumors galore, and that was a point in time where if like uh, Chris Broussard or Stephen A. Smith said something, you were like, "There's still a chance that they're actually telling the truth, and this is not." Mm-hmm. Some well, cool Chris Broussard's dumbass thought that he was still going to Chicago. Like, I know after the announcement like, was made, yeah, that was the worst, man. That well, he, Chris Broussard's he, a fucking Chris Broussard fucked with me. He fucked with my heart that season because uh, even at the last hour, they're like, out oh. of my goddamn chest. He literally said, "LeBron's going to Chicago." We're like, "Oh my god, it's on ESPN. It's got to be legit." Oh man! Nope. And then we got Carlos Boozer. <laughs> yeah, Carlos Boozer. 
We got old Sharpie Head. Oh man, grab that shit, Joe. That shit, Joe. I remember that dude in the balls once. Oh man, the decision was such. I I remember where I was when I watched the decision. I was in summer school at Wright College, and I left class in the middle of class to go to a pizza restaurant. Loser. Sick. Fuck you, dude. I was <laughs> trying to graduate early, okay? I wanted to get out of school. I was done with it already. Uh, didn't work. I ended up still being on the five-year plan. So what? I'm an idiot. Dude, college was uh, sick. Man. I have no idea why anyone would want to leave early. That's Best fair. seven years That's of my fair. life. <laughs> uh, it makes me think of uh, uh, Tommy Boy. Yeah, uh, Dr. Dr. Ted. Yeah, he's like, a lot of people spend nine years in, in college. Yeah, they're called doctors. <laughs> Uh, but I do remember I went across the street to a pizza restaurant. Um, I think it's actually Jay's pizza. Now that I think about it, but, uh, right. in any case, um, and I just, I, I ordered like some mozzarella sticks so I could just hang out there. Cause they had a TV. Cause I was like desperately looking for a place to watch this. And there's like two sports bars across the street, ne- neither of which was playing it. And I was like, this is blasphemous. I don't know how this is a sports bar. You're not playing the biggest decision ever in Chicago history, potentially. Um, and I just sat there in this pizza restaurant and when he's made his announcement that I'm going to South Beach, I almost I nearly dropped my mozzarella sticks. It was it was <laughs> agonizing. It was absolutely agonizing. I was what, fucking pissed. What do you guys remember about that day, about the decision? Dad, you can go ahead. I don't remember where I was. I didn't see it live. Neither did I. I'll be honest with you. Huh. Unlike you, it had no bearing on my life. That's fair. Like, I was like, oh, I kind of wonder where LeBron goes. But that was like the extent. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, if I, I, I thought he was going to go to New York. Personally. I thought there was a real chance he was going to go to New York, too. I yeah, thought he was going to go to New York. He's going to go to the Mecca of basketball and win a championship there for the first time since the 70s. And it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, cool. LeBron's going to South Beach. I didn't like so many people were hating on him. Like I remember my mom being like, "Yeah, you know, he did betraying his team. Michael Jordan would never do that." And everybody was like, "So fucking what?" Your, people made. I remember people your getting. Your mom and Bill Simmons sound alike. <laughs> I only got a. I got a limited amount of voices, Nikki. Okay. <laughs> Bill Simmons was probably like, "I'll tell you what. I don't care where LeBron goes. The '87 Celtics could beat whatever team he plays on." <laughs> oh, Bill. Bill was like, oh, the decision? Yeah, I was watching the decision. I was watching the decision the Celtics made to draft Larry Bird, the greatest player of all time. <laughs> Dude, fuck Bill Simmons. I'm sorry. I'm just I, I can't help it. But anyway, I remember people getting all butt like 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 a bent out of shape about uh him fucking doing the show, right? Like the decision. Fuck you. Fuck you if you hated that. I like I I don't even like LeBron. I think he's a pompous dickhead. But having said that, like, dude, you're the best basketball player on the planet. Everybody wants to know where you're going. Hell yeah, turn it into a fucking three ring circus. Why wouldn't you? That elevates your profile. It gets you more advertisers. It gets you more eyeballs. And guess what? It donated six fucking million dollars to charity. So, fuck the people that hated on that. I didn't hate the move. I respected it. If, in all honesty. <laughs> I was completely fine with it until he didn't choose the Bulls. Fuck yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, here's this. Is, so I agree with Nikki. I think the other thing to keep in mind is like it was what he did for charity was awesome, but everything that happened overshadowed that. And the reality is that he publicly 
embarrassed the city of Cleveland, which we all know has had a very tattered history with their professional sports teams. Like the Browns came and went. The Indians have never haven't won the World Series in like I think we're up to like eighty-eight years now. Like maybe 90 years now, like Cleveland never had won a championship and like had to go through Jordan and could like, they've had such a, like just such a terrible sports history. And this was just like another, just like knife in the back of the city of Cleveland. And he was also like, look, he's not from Cleveland. He's from Akron. It's basically Schaumburg compared to Chicago, like whatever. He was the hometown kid and publicly embarrassed the city that he was from. Like it, it hurt a lot of people. And I totally understand why he got so much backlash because when he ends up leaving the second time around or going back, he did it in a way that was just, it was just better. Like he yeah. did the Sports Illustrated article. He did the, 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 the no, 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 you can't talk about that right now. Uh, uh-uh, uh, that's what? down the road. We can't talk about that right now. We're talking about the heatles talking about big trace. <laughs> trace. We're talking about El Grande Spoiler. Trace. Spoiler alert. Hold on. I want to say this. I want to say this. LeBron, I think, left one. I think he made his decision to leave 100% when the city of Cleveland put out that corny ass video song asking him to stay. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yes. Please stay, LeBron. We really need you. Dude, (laughs) what? Like, bro, bro, you got you got Dwayne Wade being like, yo, man, come hang out with me on South Beach. It's fucking tight. You got Chicago. Just you got Chicago being like, you could be the next Jordan. You got L.A. being like, yo, L.A., grow your brand. Do something bigger than basketball when you're done. New York, come to the mecca of fucking basketball and win a title here. And Cleveland sings a fucking song for you. Like, get the fuck out. Uh, You're not wrong. You're not wrong. They should have um, done better than that. Shouts to Cleveland. My cousin lives there. Yeah. <laughs> Shouts to Cleveland. Um, the other thing, too, is like once they make the decision, you know, Nikki had kind of alluded to it to the with the not one, not two, not three. Like it was just such a show. And it just made that season turn into the. It truly made me guys. hate. Oh, yeah. Fuck it, these guys. Well, that I was going to say, it made me hate the fucking residents of Miami. And, Cause I was like, I like Miami until I saw all those that people. little fucking, that thing they did with the, not one, not two, not three. And it was like the WWE fucking style promo at the oh incredible God. showmanship. Pat Riley oh knows what he's doing. Goodness. LeBron oh. knows what he's doing. A lot of credit to them for that. Listen, I am an, I am not an unbiased opinion that that period of the heatles, they were competing against the bulls every season and we had a yeah. very real rivalry for four seasons basically mm-hmm. um it was beautiful it sucks that we never won it was a lot of fun basketball we ended their win streak like we did a lot of different things so, like and that season in particular where we were the number oh, one Robinson dunked yeah, on and then blocked lebron did you a did lot you of fun the, did you end their win streak that mattered no the one the one the one where they went to the finals like four years in a row no. <clears throat> i'm gonna i'm gonna hang up on him i'm just I'm asking hang up on him right now i'm gonna hang up on you I hang up on you. This I, is, this is I'm, the I'm just curious. When you ended their 33 right. game win streak, Ooh. I'm gonna hang keep in mind you. I'm a Bulls fan now, but I wasn't then. So you don't get to do that. Oh yeah, I'm not a Bulls fan now. I, you can't do that. Yes, I do. I won't you say I get. To, you have to I, I told you our history, I, I, Yeah, I do. From 1984 to 1998. <laughs> 
<laughs> Son of a bitch. That's bullshit, but I'll, I'll allow it. Technically from 1991 um, to 1998, because that was when I was alive. Okay? Still fine. Yeah. I won't right, take right, I won't right. take the cocaine circus years. You don't um, want the cocaine yeah. circus? Who do no, but, but really, circus? though, those those bulls, especially this year, because, like, Derrick Rose, like, took the MVP from LeBron. De- it was kind of debatable. Like, LeBron probably should have won MVP, but... No, shout out to Greg, to Derek Rose. And then, like, they, you know, we're not going to talk about it because we got to save it for the later episodes. But, like, those teams had some battles. And it was a lot. Of, it was super entertaining. It really, really was. was. Yeah. yeah. Even even this season, like, the, the the Eastern Conference Finals, like, when we played them, mm-hmm. like, it was ha- highly competitive. Um, I have to yeah. say, one of the most impressive things I've seen was, the was at, like, he didn't guard him all game, but then, like, LeBron would switch on to Derrick Rose and just lock yeah, him, lock him up. He was so, he's so much bigger than him. It was like impossible for me. And like, you don't like, you, you don't realize like, it's, it's like, like how good, like LeBron was six foot eight guarding six foot. What Derrick Rose, six foot six two, one, maybe six one. Yeah. yeah six sure. one, probably six one Derrick Rose, who by all accounts should be way faster and quicker than him. And LeBron was just everywhere. Derrick Rose went, there was LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. And like not... the athleticism, it was, it's unbelievable. Like LeBron's, prime heat years are some of the best basketball it's ever. beautiful it's amazing He's yeah so fucking good also i take it back we lost we lost four to one um we won game one but every game was close though i mean yeah except for game yeah, one when a, we beat them by 20 it was a good series it was a great series it was just it was not as competitive as i remember it being um, yeah. in terms of actual outcomes but um so of course um we did talk about this summer and all the moves and players changing places and this was a like this was a very very talented free agent class like you've got these three and chris bosh dwayne wade lebron you have carlos boozer um and then you have the next guy that we'll talk about which is mr amari stoudemire after a long career in phoenix um goes on the free agent market because robert sarver did not want to pay him idiot um and go ahead I was saying something very interesting. This is how little he Robert Sarver wanted to pay him because it was a sign and trade that he did for New York, um, and the sign and trade was the Knicks got Amari Stoudemire and the Suns got a 2012 second round draft pick that was given back to the Knicks because it was top 55 protected. <laughs> oh my! God. They pretty much were just like, no, you can just have him. We don't care. Ugh. For absolutely nothing. Was Channing Fry a part of that trade? No. No. It was literally just Amari Stoudemire for a top 55 protected second round draft pick. Jesus. What a terrible sign and trade. <laughs> um, of course, Amari goes there his first season and plays really well. Like all-star caliber basketball his first season in New York. Um and was a signing that would like the Knicks going into that with a lot of money. Amari at the time, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but like didn't feel like a bad consolation prize by any stretch of the imagination. Nope. No, not at that time. Tag, I'm trying to pull up the numbers right now. Do you agree? I was trying to pull up Amari's numbers. I wasn't listening to what yeah, you said. Yeah, I'll pull them off right now. So he was 25, yeah, right here. 25, 8, and what did you what did you say? Three. Well, I said that like when they signed him, it didn't feel like a bad consolation prize by any stretch of the imagination. Like, yeah, but was it was kind of that thing. Like nobody else was going to give him the contract and fair. cause like the knee concerns, uh, and then they got him and it was like, Oh, Holy shit. Yeah. Amari's still really, really fucking good. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. coming off a season where he drops like 23 a game 
and then goes there and drops 25 a game with eight rebounds. Like he was the same Amari, and then the knee problems like hit. Yeah, again, because if I, the next season he'll he drops down to 17.5. Well, and now you just look at the games played. Like his first season in New York, he plays 78 games. Then it's 47, 29, 65, 59, and then he's. 36 games before he gets traded to Dallas and he's gone. Well, don't don't forget that the one time the one season wasn't the knee, it was the hand when he punched the Gatorade cooler. Yes. Let us not forget. Um yeah, I, I mean, look, I, this was like the one time where like Wait, Is he he's what is he? Is he Jewish now? Is that right? Yeah. What? Yeah, he owns a yeah. team in Israel. He is uh, he practices the Jewish faith and uh yeah, he plays in Jerusalem. Is kosher? And the big 3. Uh I don't know if he keeps kosher. Probably does. I think he might be a vegan, actually, now that I think about it. Amari Stoudemire is a cool dude. Like, if you really, like, look into Amari him. Amari like, Stoudemire is a strange cat, is what Amari Stoudemire is. is. I like him. <laughs> yes. He he's launched a, a kosher guy. wine label called Stoudemire Cellars. Yeah, he's oh. a big wine guy. He's, like, he's like the first. He started this, like, trend in the NBA where, like, guys were taking baths in wine. Like, he was just taking wine baths. It's like, that's, like, rich dude shit. That's Plus, rich. That's, that's rich that, stuff. Uh, okay, hold on. Is Amari Stoudemire like the step before Kyrie Irving? Like kinda insane? No, I don't think he's insane. I think he's eccentric. He was taking baths and what? Yeah, and what? The line between insane and eccentric is a fine one. <laughs> it's very, very thin. fine. It's a very thin line. It's a just very like thin. genius and insane. Very but I don't. Fine I don't line. think he is at the same level as. Uh, That's what I said. I is, he, is he? Is he? Is he the like step? Uh, step before. I would say yeah. Right before you get to Kyrie Irving status, you're at like Amari Stars. Where you're like, yo, I'm I'm switching to Judaism. Uh, I'm going kosher and vegan, and also like just gonna drink and also bathe in wine. Um, yeah, I don't know. He, uh, He's a quirky dude. He owns he was a, good in, he, uh, owns a one, he owns a 185 acre farm in Hyde Park, New York, which contains a 2,066 square foot log home. <laughs> what? Whoa. What? That's tight, bro. That's tight. I'm into it. I'm here for uh, it. Yeah, I'm not against any of that. He, I am uh, here for it. Do, he, do you, boo-boo. In March 2019, he received Israeli citizenship and adopted the name Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat? <laughs> Stoudemire? God damn, Amari Stoudemire is a strange cat, man. He really is. I don't hate it. Jehoshaphat I'm not, I, I want to be very clear. I'm not judging anything this man is doing. It's just, it's wild. Oh, yeah, he was also in the movie MacGruber. He MacGruber! Was? Yeah. Actually, I've never seen it. Now that I think about it, oh um, man, I got a good. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you offline, but I got a good MacGruber story. It's a real good movie. I like it a lot. The next sign of Mari Stoudemire, um, I think it was like three years. Oh, no, 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 never mind. That was a different deal that we'll talk about here in a second. So they signed Mari Stoudemire. Didn't feel like a bad signing. They had a pretty good young core at the time, um, but that young core was shaken up pretty drastically this season because. Mm-hmm. On February 21st of 2011, Carmelo Anthony is traded from Denver to your New York Knicks. Um, he is traded to Denver in exchange for Wilson Chandler, Raymond Felton, Danilo Gallinari, Timothy Mozgov, who later got dunked on by Blake Griffin. And um, then later and a- got a $65 million contract. Yep. Also true. Also true. Um, and a 2014 first-round draft pick. Uh, was sent to the Nuggets in exchange for Chauncey Billups, Sheldon Williams, Anthony Carter, uh, and Ronaldo Balkman, um, along with Carmelo Anthony. Um, twelve team trade guys. What do you guys remember about? I, I think you mean player, and it was thirteen. Thirteen Pardon. players. Thirteen yeah. players. Thank Can you imagine a twelve team trade? I'm not even gonna like That'd make fun of you for saying that. Like, what? What a preposterous thought, though. 
I yeah, I don't know how many. I think the most teams that have ever been involved in a trade is probably like four, maybe five. Can I Google it? Too much. Um, what do you guys remember about this period of time where Melo was like vocally saying he wanted to get out of Denver and was like very clearly saying that he wanted to go to the Knicks? Uh, Nikki, I'll let you go first because I, I got a lot of thoughts. Well, I always remember thinking to myself that like it, it seems kind of dumb for him to want the trade because isn't it like the next season he would have been a free agent anyways? Like, just relax, wait a little bit. The team would have been so much better. I um, it sucks for Amari that first season. Like, he, I mean, he had a good season, but that first season was pretty much just the two of them. Who else is in the roster? That is J.R. Smith on the roster at that point. J.R. Smith is not on the roster at that point. At that point, it's him, Chauncey, and Amari, and then just like a hodgepodge of random guys: Ronnie Turioff, Jared Jeffries, Tony. Douglas, Landry Fields, Roger these Mason. Are all, these are all n- names I remember, but I do not remember ever going like, God damn, is that a good player? I just remember the names. Yeah, no, no, no. No, they were bad. Can we talk about they were really uh, bad. Can we talk about Landry Fields real quick? Because Landry Fields like had a first like good couple seasons and then sucked ass. Yeah, goes to Toronto and just was like trash. Trash. Signed like a like a five year thirty four million dollar contract. I'm pretty sure those yeah. are the exact numbers. And he sucked. Uh, okay, yeah. Nikki, to your point, man, like, yeah, he could have, like, I remember the concern was he didn't know if he wanted to leave because he was going to, there was going to be a lockout shortened season. Yes. And it was like, oh, like, when will I be able to sign? Bro, they had the cap space with all of those talented players. That Knicks team, if he goes there, I mean, I'm sure they had to lose some of them. I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I remember all the fucking details from a decade ago. But if he goes there, as a free agent, and they still have Wilson Chandler and Danilo Gallinari and Amari Stoudemire and Carmelo Anthony. That team is fucking loaded. That team's challenging the Heat for the East. Oh yeah, really? yeah, really. That's really. A like I'm sorry, team, like, they they have you a guys chance. and the Bulls, but like the fuck the Bulls, man. We're talking New York and Miami. Like it's like it's 1997. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. you're not wrong. Yeah, I think that was the big criti- that, that was the big criticism at the time. It's just like you don't have to force this trade. Like if you just wait, you're going to be a free agent. And to Tad's point, like there was a very strong, like young core of guys there. Raymond Felton was a really good point guard. Like you're going to go play with Danilo Gallinari. Who's like a young stretch three, four type. Um, and you had Wilson Chandler. Who's like another kind of like rangy stretch three, four type. Like there was a lot of really good young talent there. And he just, he pushed a trade and they end up finishing that season like just over 500. They don't make the playoffs until his third season there when they were really good that Mike Woodsy season where they win 40, 54 games. But that was their only good season during that entire tenure. Yeah. Also, really quick on a side note, uh, <clears throat> August 2nd, 2005 is the largest trade ever. It was five teams, uh, 13 players. Also, I uh, I was wrong. They did make the playoffs that year. They got swept by the Celtics. I was looking at the wrong season. So they make the playoffs that I year. Do remember when that. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah, they get swept by the Celtics in the first round. I remember watching um, all of those games at uh, DCs, which was my favorite Iowa City uh, establishment. I've been, I've been to DCs. I like DCs. Great bar. Um, I yeah, liked it mostly because my friends bartended there, and no matter how much booze I bought, my tab was twelve dollars and sixty-two cents. So, woo! Wow, what is the significance of twelve sixty-two? Yeah, is there anything? I have not the slightest clue. That was just always a tab. <laughs> I tipped them Quite twenty bucks and be on my way. 
Smart man. Not too bad. Smart man. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. The Carmelo tenure in, in, in New York is one of those things where it's just like, I mean, we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks, especially when we talked about the draft. Like, it's just a sad, it's like a sad blip on the radar. Like, he was so incredible, but like, had he just been a little bit more patient? And also, like, had he just had he just stayed in Denver, man? Like, they had such a good team in Denver and like a strong organization. His, and then you push that trade. His best chance at winning a championship was in Denver. Yeah, 100%. Especially this season, because the best team coming out of the West was Dallas. Like, this season, they actually could have pushed for a finals appearance. Yeah. And he just, he just was too goddamn impatient. Just too, too impatient. impatient. Like, he, also, he also stood to make more, like get a larger contract. Like it was like, oh, he yeah. got like three years, 65 million because like basically New York would be allowed to technically give him the max that he could have gotten in Denver. Like he would have had to take less money in free agent. He would have had to take less annual money. And yeah. he would have gotten a longer contract, but he would have gotten which, less annual money. Which as we know, when you look at Carmelo's history, that's what he cared about, man. He had that one yeah. season where he's a free agent, and there was an opportunity for him to come here and play with Jimmy and Joakim and Luol and Derrick Rose. And he was going to take a pay cut, but it wasn't a drastic pay cut. And he maxed himself out in New York. He was just like, fuck it. I'm going to stay here. We're going to continue to lose. And I'm going to make my money. Chase that yep. cheddar, baby. Make some uh, Ninja Turtles uh, uh, cartoons. Let's also yep. remember, a lot of people were down on this Denver team after this trade, and they also made the playoffs this year with a – that was. That Denver team for a few seasons was actually really good. And it was like this, it was sort of the, like, honestly, Denver, I feel like has been doing this for a decade now where it's like, oh, yeah. we don't really have yeah. a star player, but we got a lot of pretty good ones. Mm-hmm. Also, can we, just, of- can we just mention that uh, apparently Nikola Jokic has abs now. And like, I saw the pictures today and he looks pretty damn good. Shredded. He's like crazy skinny now. <laughs> he looks like he, he looks like he's about to walk in the arena and be like, I must break you. I must break you. He, I was saying he needs to grow, get just a little bit more muscle, and he's good to go. Yeah, it's I, um, I that hair bleach blonde and just look uh, play the play the Ivan Drago role all the way. I mean, <laughs> like I, I realize that they're not from the same place, but like just ham it up, you know. <laughs> also, um, for the listeners, that season the Nuggets after this trade actually finished with a better record than the Knicks. Yes, I remember. That's one of the things I remember the most about the trade is that they actually ended up being having a better record because I remember SportsCenter talking about it a bunch. They're being like, "Was this trade worth it?" It's like, no, because they made they took all the good players and sent them to Denver. And I I want to say this is the season that George Carl wins Coach of the Year too. It might be. I think it is. No, because he got fired. Right? No, 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 no. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um. Anyways, so the Knicks try to load up. It doesn't work. Um, Masai Ujiri actually was the one that made the trade for Denver and completely fleeced them. Um, and that, that set the Knicks back to where we are now, actually. That's uh, pretty yeah. much where, where they uh, kind of were at that time and they continue to be. Um, we had alluded to this a little bit. This is, of course, the Derrick Rose MVP season. Um, that season, he leads the Bulls to the number one seed. He averages 25 points a game and just had a great story like obviously when you break down the numbers lebron was lebron i think a lot of people discounted him because he was playing with Dwayne wade where yeah you look at derrick rose whose best secondary player is luol dang arguably or or jo- joe noah depending on what your flavor is like it was just a really great story he led them pretty much single-handedly as the offensive weapon to the number one seed in the Eastern conference in his third nba season becomes the youngest rookie uh youngest mvp in nba history um this was a very special season for me as a Bulls fan. And I know a lot of people will say a lot of things about Derrick Rose's MVP season and how he probably shouldn't have won. Um, but this was like a very special season for Bulls fans for a variety of reasons, right? It was the first season we were like back in prominence in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It was 
the first time we've had an MVP since Michael Jordan. And to boot, the MVP was a kid that grew up here on the south side of Chicago. It was just a very special season um, for so many. And I just remember there's just so many happy memories from that period. Even that first game against the Heat in the Eastern Conference semifinals, I'm pretty sure that was the game where Taj Gibson just yammed yeah. it on Dwayne Wade. Hard on Dwayne and it was Wade. just one of those things. And I remember like, it just th- felt so good to be a Bulls fan at that time. I remember that night that on Wikipedia someone put like in his in the Taj Gibson bio that it was like and on this date Taj Gibson oh, yeah. completely slammed yeah. home, one home on Dwayne Wade or some shit like posterized the fuck out of Dwayne Wade and I, my buddies and I were laughing our asses off looking at that it was like that was probably the highest moment because then we lost four straight not fun to see happen no. uh, all close games but still lost all of them yeah. Um, but yeah, this was this was prime D Rose. This is when we were having a blast watching him play. This is when I feel like this was the point where a bunch of people from Chicago were like, "Oh my god, we are witnessing greatness." The youngest MVP ever, and then it all falls down. When it all it all falls down, when yeah, it all, it all falls down. Tad, anything to add to that? Derrick Rose won an MVP that should have gone to LeBron, but credit to Derrick Rose. He had a great season. I'm not going to like dispute that. Um, this was also at my peak Bulls hating time, though, because <clears throat> like 90% of my fraternity brothers and friends in college were all from Chicagoland, and all they wanted to do was suck off Derrick Rose all the time, which is like rightfully so. You know, I mean, I, I, I get it. Um, I'm sure you want to suck off Dwight Howard. Nah, in, in not OA. really. More JJ no. Redick. It was pretty pretty much always JJ Redick. It was pretty sure. much always JJ. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Since since about two thousand five. Um, since day one. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, like, I just really hated them, and I hated Derrick Rose because I just just hated the Bulls because I hated the people, the the my friends that were fans of the Bulls, and the Magic were still good at the time, you know. So, like, you know, I got a lot of shit yeah. from them. So it's a whole thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Good for Derek. You guys want to play the? Uh, you guys want to play the top five MVP vote getters that season? Okay, so one is Derek, two is LeBron, three is Twin Wade. I don't know. Uh, three. Oh, maybe three is Dirk Nowitzki. Are, are any of these right? I'm. Have I Hold said on. anything right oh, yet? Can I? Can I... You know you can't yeah, say any, you can't I, say any correct until you can't say any correct. I haven't said a thing. Nikki, Nikki, you list your five, then Tad, you list okay. your five. Okay. All right. So that's one, two, three. Um, I'm trying to think. 2010 season. Who had a really good season? You're missing uh, a big. I know. I know. There's probably something really big that I'm missing. 2010. You got two more, bro. Just list them off. Three more. No, you got one more. Shit. Shit. Carmelo Anthony. I can't think of anything. All right. Tad, go. After Derrick Rose, number one, who's two, three, four? Do I have to list them in order? Nope. Uh, Actually, yeah. Try try to list them in order. I just realized someone is. Uh, I'm going to go LeBron, Dwight Howard, Kevin Durant, Kobe. Kobe? Pretty fucking close. So it's yeah. Dwight Howard second. Really? Um, uh-huh. Wow. A lot of people thought he should have won the MVP that season. 
Um, I, I do. Like I mean, I, I knew that, but like, I guess I just didn't think that he finished that. Cause he averaged like two blocks. He averaged like 20, like two ish a game, like f- 15 boards or some shit. Like he, that was, I mean, that was an absolutely monstrous season for him. Well, and he was like, mm-hmm. he was second highest in win shares that season too. Like he was very, very good that season. Um, but it goes Dwight Howard, LeBron, Kobe, Kevin Durant, number five. Mm-hmm. Dirk Nowitzki I- was number six. As soon as I had said it, I realized I shouldn't have said Dwayne Wade. I should have said I, Kevin Durant, but I completely forgot about Kobe. When I yeah, said when I said Kobe, the reason gonna be in it. the reason I was so hesitant on Kobe is because like I was like maybe Dirk, and like the I Lakers, Dirk the Lakers weren't season. that good that season. No, they really weren't. Yeah, they weren't. Um, but this I also feel like I also feel like from 2005 to like 2012, like Kobe Bryant was probably in the MVP discussion. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, always in the discussion for sure. Um, well, you guys brought up Dirk Nowitzki, which what a segue! Way to go, guys. Um, Dirk Nowitzki did have a good season that year. You're Dad, welcome. So good that the Dallas Mavericks were the number three seed going into the playoffs that season and made it to the NBA finals versus the Miami Heatles. Now, um, very, very interesting series. Actually, before we get to this series, I do want to talk about the series <laughs> that they played uh, in the uh, Western conference finals, pardon me, semifinals. If you guys recall where they played the Lakers and got swept, and Andrew Bynum pushed little poor they, little they poor swept. They, they swept the Lakers. They, you just yeah. said they got swept. Yeah, you said they got swept, but they oh, swept yeah. the Lakers. Sorry, thank you. I meant to yeah. say, yeah, it came out weird. Where they, they, made the finals, they got swept, swept the in the semifinals. They ran through the loser's bracket, won the consolation series. Then it turns out that the Lakers were sh- shooting up horse tranquilizers. They got disqualified. It was a whole thing. We're not going to yeah. get in all the guys, details. It's yeah. just the whole thing. Look it up on – it's on YouTube. Um, do you guys remember that series when they swept the Lakers the season after? <laughs> yeah, yes. The season after they, they win the championship, the Lakers are a fucking sore loser as, as fuck, and Andrew Bynum pushes poor little Puerto Rican – Pushed him. Superstar pushed J.J. Barea. He clotheslined him. He fucking well, you know tried I mean. to he kill him. him. He pushed he him out of midair. Ow. Like, legit pushed him out of midair. It was terrible. Yeah, I remember it was, being it was egregious. I they that. ejected him, and he ran out and took his jersey off. Yeah, I remember that. God, that was terrible. Fuck those guys. Um, that Lakers team yeah. was like I, I already said it. They weren't as good as like they had been historically, but they were still like pretty good. Yeah, and coming off a championship, like you still have Andrew Bynum, you still have Lamar, you still have Kobe, you still have Powell. Like, and yeah, the whole team there. I remember though them going into that series against Dallas and being like, these guys have no chance. And Dallas wasn't even like I do too. Dallas wasn't even that like Dallas. They were the three seed. Like it wasn't like Dallas was like some powerhouse, but it was just like there's no way they're just they not just good so enough. Look good. They were just so deep. Like this Dallas yeah. team was so deep, and they go into this finals where like Miami because they had to max out these three guys, basically just filled their roster with like veteran minimum contracts. Norris Cole, yeah. Norris Cole, <laughs> Eddie um, House, Juwan Howard. I'm going to be honest with you. Norris Cole wasn't on the team till the next season. He was a rookie the following year. So he he wasn't actually on this roster, but like, I mean, everybody remembers Norris Cole, though. He was in spirit. I will say this, though. This Heat team, not terrible, just a lot of really old guys that are looking for championships. Mike Bibby, 
uh, Eric Dampier, Juwan Howard, Zendrunas Ogaskis, Jamal McGlure, Mike Miller, Jerry Stackhouse. Like, the who's who of guys who never won a championship and were just looking for that final opportunity yeah. to win a ring. Carlos Arroyo, another Puerto Rican gentleman. Hey. Um, also, by the way, if you guys don't know, for the listeners, Carlos Arroyo has transitioned to a full-on reggaeton artist in Puerto Rico, and he is crushing it. For real? Like, really, really good reggaeton singer. Oh, like, and, shit. And I'd like to look like, into that. Legit. Like, there's an article on The Ringer that talks about his transition to, like, music and it, he is blown the fuck up like really what's blown he going up. as was he is he going under i don't remember I, I, don't know, I don't know i don't know that it's that but yeah he's like transitioned to a music career and it's high it's, his first album's called just hi it's me carlos arroyo yeah um but hi, anyways what hey, i want to start i wait i want to i want to make one last thing real quick and what we can talk about this next episode because it's kind of more relevant then but like Miami really just like trying to stick it to the people of Cleveland when they drafted Norris Cole because Norris Cole played at Cleveland State University. Cleveland State, yeah. <laughs> and they were just like, Fuck you, possible. we're taking another thing you love. So, so not to to beat uh, the Bulls actually drafted Norris Cole and traded him to the Heat. So Th- that's pro- the the Heat probably traded for him. They were like, who the fuck is Norris Cole? Oh, we went to Cleveland State. Let's get him. <laughs> You're right. Ass up. You're right. Now, what I do want to talk about in this series is. Dirk has his own flu game. Um, he uh, well, today is the the day we're and today is the it. anniversary of the original flu game. Of Jordan's so, flu game. Um, Tad, bring us back to that moment. Um, remind the listeners about the Dirk Nowitzki flu game. The inf- not, not so infamous. A lot of people forget about it. Honestly, the Mavericks are down two games to one, staring down a three-one deficit. Prepared to go, preparing to go back to Miami for game five, down 3 1. They know they have to win this game, but oh no, oh no. Dirk is sick. Who's going to score all the points? Tyson Chandler, Jason Kidd, Sean Marion at 35 years old? I don't think so. Dirk digs deep. The Mavericks get gritty and played the best defense of the entire series, forcing a low scoring 86 to 83 game four. Not since Michael Jordan vanquished the Jazz in 1998 had we seen an NBA final score so low. (laughs) <laughs> and the Mavericks gritted it out against the glitz and glamour of South Beach. Dirk himself, yeah. The flu game, the stats, not that impressive when you boil it down. When you just look at six of nineteen from the floor, twenty-one points, eight rebounds. You think the flu game? My God, the guy was lucky he could put the ball in the basket. But what people forget is that Dirk struggled that entire game, and with the last like three minutes, with the put the team on his back, scored the ten straight points including an incredible slow man, old man driving to the hoop layup against Chris Bosh to effectively seal the game. Yeah, I remember that. It was incredible. But perhaps more incredible was the fact that LeBron and Dwayne Wade, just prior to the game, walked into the stadium, coughing into their shirts, laughing amongst one another. But their arrogance and hubris would prove to be their undoing. (laughs) <laughs> fudging idiots LeBron um, James shot a paltry 3 of 11 from the floor 
and scored just eight points. Oh, wow. Dwayne Wade, 13 of 20 from the floor with 32 points. So actually a pretty good game. But LeBron sucks. Pretty good, pretty good game. So LeBron played like stand, shit that game. Wow. Was that that's not the game where where they said that he played bad because of like the AC was gone or something? No, that was right? against the Spurs. That was against that's against that's right. That was San Antonio. That, that was a couple also, of years no, later. He was like cramping up, man. Like what? Like people are like, "Whoa, what a crybaby!" He was cry-. yeah, dude. You know how fucking hard it is to play basketball cramped up, let alone just live your life. <laughs> yeah, that shit. I uh, here's what I remember from this series overall is we talked about it a little bit for a second. This Mavs team was. It was just a perfect like collection of guys at the right time in their career. Like yeah. Dirk as a grizzled veteran, having won an MVP, having been to the finals and losing to this very same Miami Heat team. Jason uh, Terry team, but... getting the tattoo on his arm before the season even started. Oh my god. That I'll never forget that. It was just like what a fucking idiot and that then was, and it, it we're, worked out. We're we're all idiots. But yeah, like Jason Kidd returning to Dallas and being a major crucial part of this team on the defensive and offensive offensive end. Tyson Chandler coming over from New Orleans being a a just I mean the the most crucial a, part of their defense. It was a resurgence of his career. It I mean really, yeah. at, at one point at one point he failed a physical in a trade. Like there were by all accounts two years even a year prior to this Tyson Chandler's career was over. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. It's true. It's true. They and now he's still playing. True. Yeah. Well, mm. yeah, playing is a loose I mean, term. Yeah. He's he's he's, he's, part- on the he's, he's participating, not contributing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He shows up. Although it's not his fault. He plays for a team that doesn't believe in centers. Okay, it's not yeah. his fault. The most impressive stat of this entire game, though, I wrote this down because I didn't want to forget it. Paige Stoyakovic. Played two seconds and finished with a plus two. Yeah, Peja. That, that honestly is like one of the sadder things about this team because Peja came into this playoffs injured, but was like a really key comp- like key, key player down the stretch the for them. Yeah, during the season was like a really key contributor and just got hurt and couldn't yeah. play and like got a ring, but like didn't really contribute. And it's kind of sad because like I've always been a huge Peja fan. Love um, Peja. This was like this, this, this was a this was like literally this final series was like a bunch of washed up veterans in Miami against like veterans like who are still like kind of good with their last hurrah in Dallas and like the kind of good veterans won. It was like sort of like yeah. it was sort of like the Expendables. You know, you guys ever seen the Expendables? <laughs> That's kind of what this Dallas yeah. team was like. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Jason Kidd, Dirk Nowitzki, Sean Marion, Pedro you, Stoyakovich. You're like, you're like, you're like, you're like, you're like seven Jason years ago. Terry. This team would have been unbelievable. Now you're just oh like, man, it's God, a bunch yeah. of old dudes. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I want. Um, can I say something? I have to admit something on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I rooted for Miami. Really? Yeah. You are fired. Fired. I I secretly rooted for Miami. Yeah. I love Dwayne Wade, man. Always have. Love Dwayne Wade. Player. I do love Dwayne Wade too. No, I 100 was for Dallas, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. I pretended to root. I pretended to root for Dallas, but I I rooted for Miami, and I rooted for him the next year (laughs) and the next year. I'm gonna be completely honest. I rooted for Miami to win the every title that they won. They're a very fun team to watch, but how fucking dare you? Nikki, I need you to take note of this. 
moving forward, when we interview our next co-host, we need to make sure that we dig deeper into their NBA history before we bring yeah. on their co-host. Yeah, man, you okay? really should have done a background check. Yeah, hey, hey Tab, we're talking. This, there's a, this is a business. Uh, yeah, yeah, make yeah, sure yeah, and write yeah, this yeah, down, yeah. okay? We're going to have a more formal interview process for mm-hmm. our next co-host. I told you uh, this. I'm telling you this in confidence. Tad, I'm, Tad, I'm, we're I'm having a business conversation. All, I'm bearing this on my soul for you right now. This is We are in a cone of silence. You are yep. in a cone of silence? Yeah, we are talking about Yeah, the adults are talking about podcast business. You have you are on the 24/6 Sure. Write this down, Nikki. The next guy, one, we got to get a black guy, and two, uh we got to dive deeper into that history. Mm-hmm. Um let's see if we can get Bobby Portis. Let's see if we can well, get him. Great. I think that'd be fun. Um I think the audience was really I think they would really they would flock towards him. I think they would really enjoy his uh, his take on basketball. Yeah. Um, all right. Anywho, uh, Ted, um, this is your last episode. So I'll last. I'll let you kind of finish uh, your thought on this. Uh, this <laughs> and, and you can finish whatever point you had. I don't really have anything else to say. I think the best part of this whole series was Jason Terry hitting that dagger three against LeBron. Oh yeah. I mean, look, man. While I was rooting for Miami, it wasn't like I was like I'm Miami's biggest fan. <laughs> I I think this is also like the last NBA team to like not like win with just one star. And like yeah. we may never see it again. Like we may we this was like a true cast of players. Like like you said, like like Tad said, like 35-year-old Sean Marion, who like earlier in this series, you all know was top 10 player in the NBA. Not mm-hmm. now, not at this point. Jason Kidd, yeah. same thing. Like we talked about him in previous episodes. It was a MVP caliber player for like five seasons in New Jersey. Yeah. 15 fucking years ago before, like not 15, but like seven years prior to this season, seven years prior. Yeah. yeah. Like just, I mean, these guys are late in their career. Tyson Chandler had had some, had a failed stint in Chicago, had a, a fairly decent stint in new Orleans with Chris Paul, but like it ended poorly and comes to Dallas on, on a whim. Tyson Chandler you know, got traded for Chris Wilcox. Like I mean, what else do you need? That's that's where Tyson Chandler's career was. It was bad. That's not. That's not. And then good. he went to New York yeah. the season prior, and people were like, "Oh man, Tyson Chandler, Carmelo, and Amari Stoudemire—they're going to turn that franchise around." Like that's like that. It's incredible the turnaround he had. Well, yeah, the season after he leaves, the season he leaves Dallas, he wins Defensive Player of the Year and is an All Star. Yeah, like legit, like really, really good. Um, that was the biggest problem. Like Dallas actually probably could have ran it back if they brought Tyson Chandler back, and they didn't. That was mm-hmm. a mistake on, on there. And I think Mark Cuban, who's usually a guy who's very comfortable spending money, he dropped the ball on that. He definitely absolutely 100%. Because they only had him in Dallas for one year. Like, yeah. I mean, they only had him for one year because he had been playing with the Bobcats prior to. Like, it's, I'm going uh, yeah. to give Mark Cuban some credit. Guys like richer than God, sure. Um, he spent money season after season after season desperately trying to win a title he finally won one and was probably like all right i'm gonna just like save a little bit of money now <laughs> and like yeah, i can i, I can that. i can respect that yeah because now he's back to splurge mode as he got Kristaps and uh luca yeah luca who by the way apparently has been splurging during the quarantine so we'll see what he looks like when uh when we get back to basketball i told you he'd be out of shape i said it you were right i'm sorry that i, I i'm sorry that i questioned you you can keep your job for one more week um anything else we want to talk <laughs> sorry, about guys, listeners, before we wrap but i'm up coming today? back <laughs> for now uh anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up no i think i'm good i saw your son out there <laughs> by the pool <laughs> Jesus. All right, let's wrap. Let's wrap up. Let's uh, let's do some plugs and let's get out of here. Follow me on Twitter 
at Tad Hall underscore, and please follow me on Instagram at Tad dot Hall. That's it. Please. Fo- I said follow please. me at Nikki Forza. Please, that's it. And you can follow me at J underscore Kilos on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow NBA at NBA Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Welcome to our new listeners. I think we got some new listeners today. Uh, thanks to our podcast with Ricky O'Donnell. Welcome aboard. If this is your first time, if this is not your first time, make sure you tell your friends. Uh, give the podcast a five-star rating and review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Um, all right. Well, for Tad, for Nikki, for Jay, this has been NBA, and we are out. Bye. <laughs>